Blog Talk Radio. Time with Jerry. I swear <laughs> it never fails. I always have stuff going on here, so I apologize on the first part of my podcast. Hello, everybody on Facebook Live. Having a little bit of technical difficulties, but I think I'll be okay. Um, for those of you joining me today, I have Lost Souls in the Shadows hopefully coming on. They have told me that they are having some really horrible storms, so hopefully they will be able to come on the air, and if they're not going to be able to come on the air, well, I guess I'll just be, like, talking for an hour <laughs> to myself and to Facebook Live until the freaks come on. Um few announcements to make. We do have events coming up, several of them. One's going to be on September 25th. Hello, David. How are you? <laughs> Hope you're doing okay. We do have, um, y'all know, the, the world's biggest ghost hunt going on September 25th. I'm going to be at the cabin, but I know that several different places are going to be having their own events in different places. So if you're living in the area or if you want to know of different paranormal events that are going to, you know, be in your area, just go to the Virginia Paranormal Events page ran by John Stevens and you can see all kinds of different events that are going to be coming on or going on. I'm sorry, I'm looking at the switchboard and looking over here at the same time. Hi, Evelyn. Um, we got all kinds of events that will, be, that will be going on on the 25th. I can't even get my words today. Hi, Lisa. How are you doing? Um, so anyway, Lost Souls in the Shadows, I want to get them on just in case because they got some really nasty weather in their area. They are um, a paranormal group, and they are located out of Broadhead, Wisconsin. Their mission is to prove and or debunk haunting. So they have had an adventure this past weekend, and I really want to get them on. It is going to be Travis and Tiffany that I'm going to be talking to. So let me get them off of mute, and let's hopefully we don't lose them. Let's see who's on with me right now. Hello? Hi, Gary. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great. I was I was I was I was starting to cringe. I'm like, oh, maybe they lost power in this storm. I was hoping that wouldn't happen. 
Nope. Yeah. I mean, I could talk to myself for an hour, but, you know, that would look kind of weird. Oh, yeah. I mean, you'll probably have the guys coming in little white jackets to pick you up. Yeah. Yeah. They would take me to Eastern State Hospital of all places because that's the closest mental ward I think I live to, live close to. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, they would end up taking me there. (laughs) So tell me a little bit. A a nice little mini vacation for you. Yeah, I know. But, you know, I don't think I'd do well in a straight jacket. I'm sure the food is not good at all. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I would need snacks in between all that. Well, you got to have snacks for everything. I know, right? And the Eastern State now, they ain't serving that, and plus all the ghostly people there. No, thank you. I mean, like, they have a new Eastern State part, and then they have the older, creepy Eastern State part where you never, ever want to get lost at. Right. <laughs> so, well, look, I got a call coming in from one of my friends. I think she forgets that I'm on the air at 8 o'clock. I had to send her a message and, and reject her. Don't hate me. <laughs> so, has the storm subsided at all where you're at? It's, it's not raining anymore, but I looked at radar and there's a bunch coming again here in probably the next 45 minutes or so. Oh my gosh, that's horrible. Well, hopefully, hopefully it'll it'll taper off for y'all because that's so, there's nothing worse than storms like that. And see, I'm obsessed with storms. I mean, if they call for a tornado warning here, hell, I'm going outside looking for it. Like, where are you at? <laughs> and see, I'm the one that'll look for two seconds, and as soon as lightning cracks, I run down to the basement and make everybody else come down to the basement with me. <laughs> <laughs> Same way my wife. That, 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 yeah, that would be me. <laughs> so can you tell me a little bit about your team and y'all's adventure this past weekend? Um, well, we I formed the team in 2019 on our way back from a location that I refuse to go back to with my team. If any, If another team asks me where it's at, I will not tell them. There is something, uh, how would you say, Tiff? Malevolent. Yeah, something very malevolent, evil, and it's not going to stop until it gets what it wants. Oh, wow. We've been out there before with the SLS camera. I mean, we've been out there with the whole gamut of equipment, and me and my son, who's part of the team, Taylor, we were out there, and we probably got within... 10, 15 feet to the entrance of the tunnel. I mean, and this was at night. I mean, it was jet black out there. And there was a oh shadow goodness. probably 20 feet into that tunnel that was jet black with yellow glowing eyes staring back at us. And we, oh got, we, got that overwhel- we got that overwhelming feeling like, you know, get the hell out of here or something's going to happen to one of you. So we heeded the warnings and got out of there. Right, that's horrible. No, I don't want to know where that's at. <laughs> yeah, it's... But then again, well, what if I go there? What if I would have went there and, like, we don't know, and then, you know, we get stuck and you could have told us? Right. I mean, I mean I've mean, i been to a lot of locations. I mean, 
I've been paranormal investigating for 15, 16 years. I've been some of the most craziest places, but this tunnel actually scares the hell out of me because of knowing what's there. It was built by slaves, and when the slaves mm-hmm. died for mishandling of the dynamite, they just buried him in the walls of the tunnel. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh. Uh, that's yeah, it's terrible. It's a very, very I'm dark location. Oh. Uh, so you want to know a little, about, kind of... little bit about this weekend, huh? Oh, yeah. I'm excited. I couldn't get on the, sh- the show. Not I was looking for lives, and then I ended up falling asleep. Right. Well, you got to have careful. Yeah, I, it was my intentions. I had good intentions, and I was like getting tired. Somebody asked if you were Dennis on the show. Amanda did. No, it's not Dennis. Do you want me to bring Dennis on? <laughs> right. I had you on Facebook Live too, so I got okay. I have Facebook Live going. Hopefully, it's not lagging because when it does, I get irritated when it does that. Um, so I do have Facebook Live, but um, no, Amanda, it's not Dennis. This is um, Lost Souls in the Shadows, and I have Travis and his wife on on with me tonight. We and we actually have uh, our uh, tech manager came over for it also, Taylor. Awesome, tech manager Taylor came over also, so that's awesome. I got three people on, um, so that's really cool. And he came out in a storm. Yep. Yeah, a little bit about this weekend. Uh, we went to the old uh, Blackford County Jail in uh, in the Irving Campbell Speakeasy in uh, Hartford City, Indiana. Um, it's, I mean, we what we expected and what we experienced were completely two different things. I mean, you think, wow. you know, when you come to a location that was built in, you know, the 1850s and closed in 1995, it would be crazy active. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, there was activity, but the owner mm-hmm. location told us when we got there that there was a team there before us that spent all day there. So the spirits were kind of drawn a little bit. Right. But, uh, I mean, we, we did get some activity. I mean... There was still the shackles, you know, the old ball and chain they used to put them on, you know, when there was, you know, road crew back in the days. Yeah, I mean, a lot of, yeah, a lot, a lot of trigger objects. When uh, we first got there, we did, the, you know, the daytime walkthrough of the jail in the old Irving Campbell speakeasy, so we were just weren't walking in there blinded. Right. So we did all that, and we got back, and there was... Well, the weekend before, we went down to the Hannah House in Indianapolis for Paranormal Day celebration, and we sold raffle tickets, a dollar a piece. If we drew your name, you got to go on this live ghost hunt with us at the jail in the speakeasy. Oh, cool. So we got there and everything. Yeah, I mean, getting equipment set up and everything, and our guests arrived, and, you know, we ordered pizza. I mean, anytime we go on a hunt, when we in, invite people, we take make sure they have food. We order food, whatever they want, drinks. We take care of the people. Mm-hmm. So the investigation started. Uh, one of the team members, Ariel, she stayed at the jail. 
me and two of the other people went over to the old mob speakeasy. And we're walking around and everything, and we sit down and put our REM pod out and, you know, and a bunch of equipment, and the REM pod just started going nuts. I mean, it would not shut up. So oh, wow. we did a couple uh, EVP sessions, didn't get no voices, so we went over to this other room, and the owner before that says, the spirit that's in this room is kind of an asshole. He don't like people. He likes throwing stuff at you, making you feel very uncomfortable. Well, hell, that's the first mm-hmm. place I want to go if there's a spirit like that. <laughs> so we get in there, you know, and we're sitting at the table, and there's decks of cards all over, so we just kind of start messing with the cards a little bit. And one of the girls that won the hunt, she puts her flashlight up and she says, uh, Travis? I said, yeah. She's like, the light is swinging. So what do you mean it's swinging? So I step back and put my flashlight up. And this is a four-foot, you know, fluorescent light fixture hanging from the ceiling. And that thing is just swinging back and forth. Now, keep in mind, you know, there's no air conditioning, no heat, no type of ventilation. So, I mean, it was hotter than hell up there. I mean, pouring sweat. And that light was just swinging, just back and forth, back and forth. So we said, okay, let's leave here a little bit and come back, you know, 15, 20 minutes, see what's going on. It's still swinging the same speed and strength. I mean, it never lost momentum or nothing. Oh, wow. So we did a little EVP session there, see if we could catch any voices. Never caught nothing. So we said, well, let's go try a couple of these other rooms. Well, that's when we got attacked by bats. And I said, bats, uh, yes, bats. My God. And I said, well, I think we need to get out of here for a little bit for one of us end up getting bit or something for, and you end up catching wow. rabies. You know, I didn't want that to happen to me or any of the guests that came with us. Right. So we meandered back over to the old jail and met up with Ariel and the girl he had with her. You know, and she said the basement in that place, she said, was kind of, yeah, it was very standoffish when you got down in the basement. So I said, okay. I said, let's, you know, charge up some of the batteries again, get some equipment, and we'll go down there. So we go down to the basement. We walk in an area that's called the dungeon, which was solitary confinement, dirt floor, limestone walls, ceiling, and Shackles. Yeah. There was shackles hanging from the ceiling that they used to shack, uh, put shackles on people and put their arms above them and leave them in there. Ugh. Um, our uh, DVR system, our security camera that has night vision and all that, it kept cutting in and out. It would stop. It would freeze. The screen would go black. It would start back up again. How long did it do that for, Tiff? Probably. Almost all night, really. Yeah, almost all night that camera was messing up like that. There were very few periods of long stretches in which the camera actually stayed on. And there was lots of orbs. Yeah, I mean, all kinds of orbs in that place. But oh, on wow. the back side of the dungeon, there's a little, I don't know if you'd call it a tunnel system or what it was, but it was, you know, completely limestone, dirt floor, and the owner of the building said that, you know, he's, he, when we did the walkthrough, he's like, take your flashlight and just shine on these rocks. Well, them 
rocks just glistened, and he said, these rocks are full of crystals. Well, what's going to hold, you know, paranormal activity? You know, limestone right. and crystals. Right. So we went down through there, and it's probably, I don't know how far would you say, it's probably 30 feet, the one. Yeah. It goes about 30 feet, then it takes a right, then it goes down probably 50 feet. Well, in between that 50 feet, there's a, another section that goes back in probably 15, 20 feet. Well, there used to be a bunch of old cells they had in there. I mean, all the gears and everything are still there for the jail cell doors, but they're all, you know, blocked off with limestone. And I, you know, I was kind of questioning, I'm like, you know, why in the hell are all these blocked off? Well, there's also another one of those blocked off rooms that has probably, what do you think, probably a two foot by two foot hole? And you can actually see inside there, just dirt floor. We put our EMF detector in there, and it went nuts. I mean, pegging straight to red. So we backed out of there to go get some more equipment. Before that, you know, we, you know, finished walking down the tunnel system and everything like that. If you go on TikTok, Lost Souls, you can actually see the video of the tunnel system and the dungeon and everything. And I had the SLS camera. And one of the ladies that was with me, she's walking in front of me. I said, stop, do not move. And she starts freaking out. She's like, what, 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 what? I said, just stand still, stay calm and relax. Well, there was a huge, uh, we mapped out a stick figure with the SLS camera. And mm-hmm. the ceiling of that tunnel is probably uh, probably 10 to 12 foot tall. And whatever this was had to on the stick figure was bent over in the tunnel like it was too tall to stand up in there. Oh, wow. That's creepy. Yeah. So we leave That's the tunnel system. Creepy. We go upstairs to the attic. Well, there's a noose up there. And the owner said if the weather wasn't right for the executions, they'd take them upstairs in the attic and hang them. The rope is still there. There's a probably a four foot by four foot section in the floor of the attic that would open up when they drop the rope to hang them. I mean, it's just. I mean, it's just. It's a location that. Yes, we know it's active. We know it's haunted. But there are so many different things going on. We couldn't put our finger on it or getting a direct answer to see who it was or what it was. Um, One of the guests that came with, her name was Mariah. You know, we were upstairs in the attic doing a little EVP session, you know, and I mean, it was hotter than hell up there, Jerry. I mean, it was probably a hundred plus degrees up there. I mean, we're sitting there just pouring sweat. My shirt soaked, my shorts are soaked. And Mariah, you know, she's, you know, she's all just just a little chatterbox, so happy to be there. And all at once, she just stopped talking. Her whole demeanor changed. And I said to her, I said, Mariah, I said, are you okay, honey? She was like, my heart's racing. So I went over to get her pulse. Her skin was ice cold and clammy. And she oh, said, gosh. I don't, she's like, I don't feel right. I said, all right, let's get you out of here. So I radioed on the right. radio to my wife, Tiffany. I said, come get Mariah and get her outside. I said, we'll save your Palo Santo, whatever it is. 
we were probably we're outside probably. for, oh, probably an hour, hour and a half while she was trying to get her bearings back about her, you know. And for the first hour we were outside, she was still super clammy and cold. Oh, my gosh. Well, did she end up being okay? Yeah, I mean, after we got her sage and did some Palo Santo wood with her and everything and calmed mm-hmm. her down, you know, she was good. She wanted to go back in again. And she says, you know, she's like, I want to go back to the attic. Something's telling me to come back to the attic. I said, absolutely not. You're not going back to the attic. I said, something right. wants you up there. And I said, you are not going back up there. I said, if you think you're going, I said, I'll, I'll shut the whole hunt down right now. I said, something right. wants you, and it's not going to stop until it has you. Right. Well, I'm I'm glad she didn't go back. Yeah, I mean, I mean, all night of that, she's like, I, I want to go back to that. Like, I want to go. And I said, no. I said, I refuse nah. to let you go back up there. So my wife went back up there. My wife is an empath. So she went back up there, and she started setting boundaries and rules for the spirits and everything. Mm-hmm. And my wife even said, she's like, something's not right up here. She's like, there is something. She says, I don't want to call it malevolent or dark. She's like, but something up here is is not right. Right. That's not you good know, at all. And, you know, so then we left the attic. Then we went into another area, which is where they kept some of the good inmates, like the trustees that would hand out food and stuff like that and do daily cleaning. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting in there. It was me, Mariah, her mom, and her cousin. And we're sitting there, and I, I brought out the SB11 spirit box. Nothing came through. Nothing came through. And she's standing right next to me. And all of a sudden, she jumps and just screams and starts running. I said, Mariah, I said, what is the issue? What's going on? She's like, something pulled on my shirt. I said, are you sure you didn't touch anything? So I took the flashlight and shined all the way around her. She was probably eight, nine feet from any board or anything that would have caught her shirt. So we're standing there, you know, and I got the EMF detector, and I got my uh, EDI plus out and probably three or four other Mm -hmm. things. And to the right of us, there was a noise in the corner. And she jumps a little bit. She's like, I'm done. I'm gone. I said, Mariah, I said, do not run. I said, they will feed off that. I said, that's what they wanted, right. to feed off that fear. So we're standing there a little bit, and that happened on the right side. Well, on the left side of us, it, I don't know what it was, but it sounded like that whole roof was trying to come down in on us. And I said to the girls, I said, go, go, go. I said, get out of here. I mean, I've never heard a noise like that. I mean, it sounded like construction workers hitting the boards with hammers and saws. I mean, I mean. To us up there, it sounded like it would have shook the whole building. It was that loud up in there. So we get back oh downstairs, God. and we said, I said to my wife, Tiffany, I said, did you guys hear anything? She's like, no. I said, you're shitting me. I said, it sounded like up in that trustee area. I said, it sounded like the roof was trying to come down on us. She's like, we didn't hear nothing at all. Oh, Wow. And so this is in um, what part of Indiana? Hartford City. It's between Indianapolis and Fort Wayne, Indiana. Oh, my God. My brother lives in Fort Wayne. <laughs> well, you should have told him to come down and join us. We don't let him come with us. <laughs> <laughs> Road trip. 
if Kristen is yeah. on if Kristen's on Facebook Live, you could have went down there. That is so cool. Yeah. We we I'm haven't been to Indiana down. in a couple of years, but we'll be we'll I mean, you know I mean, go ahead. No problem at all. I mean, if we're out on a hunt and somebody wants to join us, shoots me a message, you know, I mean, I welcome people with open arms to come on a hunt with us, especially the skeptics. I love yeah. the look on a skeptic's face when something happens that they cannot explain. Right. Me too. <laughs> I agree but with you know, on that. <laughs> I mean, I've been to a lot of places, but, you know, there was just something something off about that building. You know, like I said, we yeah. didn't put our finger on it or figure out what about, but there's something off. I mean, I even had uh, two Jacob's Ladders running to, you know, energize the atmosphere. Right. You know, but there's just, there's something not right in that building. And it's hard to say what it is. I mean, it ran, uh, I want to say he said it was built in 1856 and it closed in 1995. I mean, that's a lot of years for shit to happen there. That's true. That's true. We have a building in our in our area because I live in um, a very historical place. I mean, our whole port town is historical, and there's one particular place that at one point used to hold people for court, and the right. building itself is fine. But when you go down to the basement where they would shackle people down there, it's a whole different atmosphere. It's just horrible. Right. And I have to keep all that hush-hush, those locations, because our town doesn't really like to, they don't, they just don't like a lot of that stuff. I mean, you know, right. so I just, I just don't disclose unless the town says, or, you know, go ahead. Because <laughs> they don't want a bunch of stuff, you know, a bunch of paranormal people coming out to the little old town of Urbana that has 458 people in it, you know. <laughs> Oh, definitely. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's I, just but me personally. Me. I mean, I've been to, I've been to Waverly Asylum. I've been to the Bell Witch Cage. I've been to Moundsville Penitentiary. I've been to Ohio State Reformatory. I've been to Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. You know, and but this building, I don't know what it was, Jerry. You know, it still bugs me to this day. Every minute, you know, I could not put my finger on what the issue was with this building. You know, I mean, we're, we're definitely going back again because when we investigate places and we can't figure out what exactly is going on, that just feels mm -hmm. me even more to go back to try to get answers. Right. Right. I got a lot of places on my bucket list that are local that I haven't went to yet that I need to go to. Never any penitentiaries, though. I kind of, working in corrections, you kind of, even if it isn't open to the public anymore, you kind of don't want to be in that lockdown feeling. <laughs> it's like, oh, here again. Yeah, you know, a lot of places I go, my tech manager, Taylor, who's also my son, you know, mm -hmm. and he always tells me, he's like, Dad, I'm not going with you because every time I go with you, I end up fixing the shit you break. <laughs> How old is your son? 
He's, he's right here. You can talk to him, Jerry. I'm 24. Okay. You are 24 years old. So how long have you been doing this with your dad and mom? Uh, the whole time. Yes, yeah, since yeah. 2019 yeah, since, when we started the team. Yeah, since he started the team, I've awesome. been doing it. Awesome. So do, you, do have you ever thought, like, because, um, you know, I do a lot of paranormal work and I got my shows, um, and sometimes my kids think I'm a bit nutty. Have you ever thought that process of your parents? Just ask him, just to make me feel better. No, because I, I see and experience the same shit they do. So we're just as crazy <laughs> as they are. So, okay. I, I was just triple checking that, you know, because sometimes my yeah, kids don't yeah, always agree yeah, with what I'm, I'm doing. One, yeah. We're the ones who were out of the tunnel. Awesome. Awesome. So how much, how many times... When you go on things like that, um, do things, I mean, how many mouth, do you get a lot of malfunctions when you go out with, you know, um, spirit messing with equipment and things like that? Um, well, using my energy, just, I have my energy drained and I've, mm -hmm. I've had a total of how many attachments? Uh, Taylor's had three attachments so far. Yeah, doing. Three attachments. And, uh, actually, oh my God. Three Recently, where I was living in Madison, that thing, where that demon, whatever it is, out from out of the tunnel. So there's a little mm -hmm. boy named Timmy who attached himself to me, and he's he's at the tunnel, and he attached himself to me, so he follows me where I go. And then there's the Broadhead Manor, and there's a little girl named Elizabeth, and she also attached herself to me, and so she followed me, and so they both said followed me to my new house. And that thing from the tunnel had followed Timmy out there, and it was trying to. Every night, it, I had I'd wake up with three sets of three scratches. Um, things would be thrown in our house. Uh, my parents actually had to come out and do an investigation at our house, and they found out it was that thing from the tunnel trying to kill me, because I took away its children. Oh my gosh, that's not a good thing. Did you get rid of them then? Oh, yeah, that thing is long gone and <laughs> back at the tunnel where it belongs. Yeah, as it should be. Yeah, we all swore we'd never go back out to that tunnel. Yeah, oh, I don't blame you. Uh, we were supposed to have a news station come out there with us Halloween of uh, 2019. Had it all set mm -hmm. up time we were supposed to meet and probably a week before the hunt with the TV station, the guy called me. He's like, sorry, but we're not coming. We've done research. We've talked to people, and they said, stay away from it. There's something wrong out there. And the right. TV station canceled coming out there with us. Wow. Can, can you imagine, like, a person, like, not knowing where the tunnel's at and having, having, like, an experience there, but just, you know, not knowing the history of anything, you know what I mean? That would be just yeah, messed it's, up. It's a bike trail, and people ride their bikes through it almost every day. It's like, what, like quarter mile long? Yeah, it's probably, it's a little over a quarter mile yeah. long tunnel. But it's pitch black throughout the entire tunnel, and the whole thing's flooded. Oh, wow. That's just creepy. And, yeah, and it, it's a bike path. Everyone uses it on a daily basis. And so no one knows. They just think it's a regular old bike path. And it's not. Right. You know, right. About a very Unless, experience out there with those two people that. Yeah, we had a. Uh, the very first time we went out to the tunnel, me and my son, we did a walk through, and we get to the south end of it, 
So you got to remember, this is Wisconsin in the middle of August. I mean, it's hotter than all hell. And these right. people came walking, this guy and this lady in winter jackets and stocking hats. And the gentleman said to me, he's like, do you know where the ice sculptures are in the tunnel? And I said, well, I said, there's not going to be nothing now. I said, it's the middle of August. I said, during the winter, you'll get, and you know. We're, we're in shorts and T-shirts. Yeah, we're in shorts and T-shirts and flip-flops. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, you'll get different ice formations during the winter. There ain't going to be nothing now. And his girlfriend right. looked at me and kind of gave me an evil giggle and said, well, we're going to go in and check. And I said, okay, that's fine. And but they had a flashlight when we saw them walking in the tunnel. Yeah, they had a flashlight. And about 30 seconds to 45 seconds later, they come walking out, and they said, well, we didn't see anything. And the no flashlight. Yeah, the no flashlight at all. And they said, well, we're going to get going. I said, okay. I said, have a good night. Well, for them to walk down the trail to the nearest corner of the trail is probably 300 yards. Within 30 seconds, I turned around, and they were gone, disappeared, nothing, nowhere. I climbed to the top of the tunnel, which is about, what, like 40 feet? Yeah. And I climbed up there, and by the time my son turned around, they were gone. Yeah, it was a matter of 30 seconds, and it was a little bit further than a football field. And the walls of this bike trail in that area are straight up and down because it was an old limestone hill they had to go through. So there was no way for them to disappear nothing. Yeah, the walls were about 100 feet high. Yeah, <laughs> in just, you know, 30 seconds, they were gone, just disappeared, vanished. Oh, my gosh. So y'all talked to dead people pretty much yeah. that day. Yep, pretty much, yeah. That has burned a memory in our skulls that we will never, ever forget. <laughs> Yeah, I bet. That's weird. I mean, I thought that those experiences happened to, to me. I mean, I get that on a daily basis, but to, like, have them stand in front of you full form and talk to you is just, that's bizarre. Yeah, I mean, you know, and it, it probably bugged me for about a month, and I'm thinking, you know, you know, we couldn't figure out, you know, like, where in the hell did these people come from, and where did they go? You know, we yeah. it, it just baffled us. Well, let me ask you this. With the tunnel, what you're talking about, do you think that there's a portal there? Positive Maybe? there is. Because there were younger people. Yeah, I mean, in their 30s. yeah, they were like late 20s, early 30s. And at that end of the tunnel where they walked in, there is um, there's a big pentagram on the wall with a hole in the middle of it that says, what was it, stick your head in to see the middle of Earth? Yeah, and 666 six, six. Six, all over the place. Upside down crosses, a bunch of burnt candles all over the place. <laughs> That's just, um, yeah. So it sounds like to me, I wanted somebody opened up a portal and let stuff in. That's what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah, there was, uh, when, when we walked through that day, there was a dead raccoon along the side of the tunnel. He had no eyes in him at all, like his There's eyes no were dust. No yeah, no blood, no guts or nothing. Well, after we talked to these people, and I, my son came down from the top of the tunnel, I said, well, I said, let's get the hell out of here. Something's not right. We went back through that. Right. Raccoon was gone. I set a pile of rocks next to the raccoon, and the pile of rocks was there, but the raccoon wasn't. Yeah, raccoon was gone. That's just weird. Ew. Yeah, it sounds like a portal. Through yeah. or something, and then coming back, what we saw is gone. Oh, yeah, so I mean, this is the tunnel that y'all... 
I'm, I'm sorry, is that the one that y'all aren't going to go back to? Yes, we will not go back there. If other teams ask us where it is, we will not tell them. There's something, yeah. excuse my French, Jerry, but there's something fucked up out there. <laughs> yeah. wanted to kill us and that it was evil and it, that that place is a demon of its own and it's nothing to mess with. Yeah, I mean, we've caught EVPs numerous times, you know, of I'll kill you, run, die, hide. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's a messed up location, that tunnel. And I refuse to let my team go back there. If anybody asks right. me where it's at, I refuse to tell them because I would feel like complete shit if another team went out there and something happened to one of them. Right. Yeah. You know, that's, but I mean, um, that, yeah, I understand in, that. Only three, yeah. In the town we live in of like, what is brought it, like 500 people? You know, and there's probably Broadhead is like our home base when we get new equipment because we got five or six places right in that town that we can go investigate that I have keys for anytime we want to. Right. We have, uh, it's called Fibs North. It's a supper club where I used to be the executive chef at. And there's always been something off about that building. And we were downstairs in the basement one night. It was me, my wife, my mother, the owner of it, and a very good friend of ours who's a psychic medium. And we were talking back and forth and everything, and she gave me a notepad. She's like, all right, I'm going to ask some questions. And when something comes through, Travis, I, I, I need you to write it down. I said, not a problem at all. Well, about 16 right. seconds into it, well, my wife's phone was in her jacket pocket all night long. We, yeah, turned off. We get home, go to lay in bed. She turns her phone on and says she has a new voice recording. So we played it, and you can hear me and Amber, the psychic medium, talking and everything. And about 16 seconds in, we caught the clearest Class A EVP ever of a little girl saying, release me. Oh, my gosh. Talking, yeah. I'm getting filled. And come to find out that there's a spirit there named John who was hung in the basement for child molestation back in the early 1900s. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, I mean, I mean, John, the spirit there, he hates men with a passion. That's why I got my second bad test yeah. and I blacked out. And probably, oh, 17, 18 years ago, the owners of the building were trying to refurbish it. They wanted to open back to a hotel like it was back in its glory days. Mm -hmm. Well, they went to this one closet. There was a false bottom in the closet. There's a human skeleton in there. Ew. And my mom worked for the newspaper at the time, and she did the report on it. Well, to back up a little bit, that used to also be the temple or the church for the Knights of Pythias. Mm -hmm. I mean, all their paperwork, Jerry. I mean, we got bank ledgers, addresses, death records, upstairs in that place in boxes. Yeah. All kinds of information on the Knights of Pythias. Anything they bought. Yeah, anything they bought. Yeah, I mean, there's receipts for robes and stuff they bought for their attire they wore during their meetings and stuff and there's pictures right all of them um 
on the ceiling is their emblem on the ceiling of the hotel um, dining room area upstairs. That's weird. Yeah, and actually, Broadhead, I've done some research, is one of the most haunted small towns in the Midwest. You got to tell about my attachment because I don't remember it. Yeah, we were up there one night doing an investigation, and where they found the human skeleton, they just cut out like a two-foot-by-two-foot hole to pull the skeleton out. Well, it's never Mm -hmm. been opened ever since they found the skeleton. So we were back there, and, you know, I mean, our EMS were just redlining at that, REM pod going nuts. And I looked at the team, and I said, you guys want me to open it? And they said, sure, go ahead. So I gave my son the butter knife to pry it open, and he said when he opened it, he's like, it was a rush of air of the most rotten smelling thing he's ever smelt in his life. Right. Instantly got angry. Yeah, he, my son instantly got mad and angry, pissed off, completely blacked out. Oh I, just my gosh. Waking, I just remember waking up on the sidewalk. Yeah. That's, that's all I remember. So that sounds like that at that time that you had – um, possibly a possession. Is that yeah? I mean, that, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not calling that an attachment. That I mean, that was a straight up possession. Is what happened to him. Yeah, it was a matter yeah. matter of 15 seconds. I was trying to yell and scream. And I was trying to hit everybody. I tried swinging on him with a knife, like, and then I blacked out. And I just remember waking up outside on the ground. Yeah, because I, I was going to say, most possessions you don't even remember. You're taken over and you don't remember anything from it. You know, and, and to this day, it's, you know, my son will ask me, she, you know, he's like, well, what happened that night, Dad? And I said, you don't remember? He's like, I'm, the last thing I remember is opening that, pulling off that piece of board that blocked off the area where the skeleton was. He's like, that's the last thing I remember. Yep, I opened that yeah. and then I woke up outside. Yeah. Right. So so for people out there that, you know, there are so many people out there that want to go to certain things, you do you got you gotta be really careful because things can take you over just like that. Oh yeah, I mean would you I mean you won't even know it. And all of a sudden bam, it's yeah, over for you. Exactly. I I often wonder that with people sometimes and don't take this the wrong way when people commit certain crimes or and they say they don't remember. You have to wonder, right. and you know, I hope nobody, you know, takes that the wrong way, but I, I was talking to somebody about that the other day because you don't, something has taken you over. You don't know what you're doing. You don't remember anything, and I'm not saying that I condone people that commit, you know, crimes like that. I'm just saying sometimes you have to question when somebody says, I don't remember. You have to question right. certain things like that. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, he's my son. I love him to death, you know, and I've never seen him like that ever in his life. And it was scary for me. Right. Of course. Of course. Now, did you, when that, when that happened with him, did you, did y'all, I mean, what did you, what did you, what procedures did you take to try to help him when that happened? Out of curiosity. Um, Or we, we, uh. We got him sage, got him Palo Santo wood. You know, we hung some, you know, 
Yeah, we did the St. Michael's prayer. We put crystals on him and everything. And it probably took him probably two, two and a half hours before he finally snapped back into reality to really understand what was going on. You know, right. and at that point, I looked at everybody. I said, look, I said, I'm shutting the hunt down. I said, there's something mm-hmm. dangerous up there. I said, we're done for the night. I said, call it, right. pack everything up. I said, we're gone. Right. Yeah, I don't blame you on that at all. I would be too. I think when that happened to me when I went to New Jersey with um, my New Jersey rope team, um, and ex- I had two experiences like that happen, and for the longest time I would not, um, I didn't want to do anything because it scared me to right. the point I'm like, mm-hmm. I, you know, just you can take this back. I don't, I don't want to talk to dead people, you know, because right. I, like it and I'm like, I don't want to. I was like, just you know, I don't, I don't want something like this. And I was scared for the longest time, but then as time went on, I started to get, you know, back into the swing of this is what you need to do to, you know, protect yourself. But then again, if something wants to take you over, it doesn't matter how well you ground yourself, they're going to take you over. That's yeah. just my personal opinion. You know, now people oh, might argue that with me. I mean, but, I, mean um, I agree with you a thousand percent, Jerry, on that. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I sage. I surround myself with white light. I take salt baths. I do all kinds of things before I go out. Even before I see Reiki clients, I do certain procedures. But when spirit comes through and wants to talk, they come through and they talk. They don't. It doesn't matter how well you have been grounded because it happens to me all the time. I'll, you know, there with me doing Reiki, I have certain people, you know, when I have my clients come over, there's certain procedures I follow before, you know, people even come over here. But that part of what I have doesn't shut down. It, their spirit wants to come through and they're going to have their readings, whether I like it or not. <laughs> You know, I had a person today come over for Reiki and whatever she brought with her, she picked it up yesterday and it went right up my basement steps. Saw it, you know, I was like, dang, you done brought something with you. It must have been from yesterday's road trip. And and I looked at it, it was a shadow figure and it was a male and he just went right up the steps and exited. I said, you can leave now. She was like, yeah, I don't want him. So he ended up leaving. (laughs) I was like, thank God. I don't want anybody else here. Right. You know, so you just don't know at all. You know, and I see so. you know, a lot of these stuff in the paranormal field. You know, I mean, we're all about pair unity. We're not about, yeah. you know, seeing it as the best evidence, you know. I mean, and right. that's what, my personal opinion, that's what the paranormal field has come from, has come to. People want to compare evidence to see who's got the best evidence. Yeah, yeah I'm definitely you know, not about that. Yeah, I, yeah evidence, no. it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. It's and and it works in the. I was going to say it works in the field. I was going to say it happens like that, not just in the paranormal field, but like in lines of work that I do when I'm doing Reiki and things like that. You're always getting people that want to be hush hush. They don't want to talk to you about anything. But like I've told right. people over and over, my energy and your energy are not the same. Your your procedures or how you do things are it's not going to be the same as mine. David Flowers, bless, he's on here with he's on my Facebook live. 
he's not going to investigate the same way you do. It just it blows my mind how competitive people people are with things, and you know I guess people want to really make a name for themselves and be on TV. I, I mean I don't know, but um, you know everybody is different, and that's what makes all these experiences so unique. Right. I mean I that's mean, just when we, about we it. We just had an investigation here. Oh, it's got to be roughly three months ago. Have you ever heard of the Ghost Sisters out of Marion, Ohio? I have, yes. Uh, Mandy, who is the founder and lead investigator, she came up to Wisconsin to do um, a four-location hunt with us in two nights. You know, and some of the things she didn't use and some of the things that I didn't use, you know, we were just blown back by it. You know, we were like, you know, she's like, I would have never thought of that. And I said, me neither. You know, I mean, there's yeah. so much to learn from other teams out there instead of bashing other teams. Exactly, exactly. I agree with you on that. I, you know, I learned a lot when I went. David doesn't understand, well, I'm not saying he doesn't understand that, but I got a lot out of that, the tour, and just how he did, you know, what he did. And I, I spoke a lot about him last week, too, but, you know, when you went to something and it really captured your attention and you, you take something back from that, that's what matters to me. And I'm just, yeah. I do see a lot of people, unfortunately, you know, bashing other people and bashing teams or bashing locations. And, I mean, it's just really, really sad to me that, that some things have come to that. So I have kind of, you know, um, kept to myself if you will, a little bit because of some of the things that have went on. Um, right. You know, it's, it's because I just don't want no part of that. I deal with enough dead people on a daily basis, you know, with what I have <laughs> psychic-wise, and it's just like I don't need the drama on top of what, you know, on top of what I'm dealing with every day. So. Oh, yeah, I agree 100%. <laughs> you know, and I think that's a lot of, reasons why you know i mean i've i've known three or four new teams that have started you know mm -hmm. and they've completely backed out of the paranormal field from being bashed and being criticized because yeah. their investigation techniques you know and it's like you know i can't get you know it's hard to get it through their heads you know guys we're in this for the same reason for the proof yes. of life after death but you guys want to go around bashing other teams and stuff that's not right. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, look, when I do, even when I do my energy work, I have had a couple of people tell me, you're not doing, you're not doing that correctly. And right. I just have to laugh. Like, my technique, I go where I'm guided to go. I don't, I don't do standard Reiki. I go where I'm guided to go, where I'm told that I need to go. Right. But it, it trips me out with people, you know, um, and that, and what you're talking about with equipment or not doing certain techniques correctly, it just, it just, what, it, it's mind blowing to me. <laughs> yeah, you know, because you know, I mean, a lot of these teams, you know, that I've talked to and dealt with, you know, they, you know, in my personal opinion, nothing that any team does or equipment they have is, you know, 100% proof that there's life after death. You right. know, I mean, I, you know, we probably got about $14,000 worth of paranormal equipment, Jerry, and nothing mm -hmm. I have or we use 
is 100% proof if there's life after death. Yes, that's what we're yeah. all looking for. We're looking for that, you know, 100% proof. But, yeah, you know, I've seen teams, you know, like, oh, I guarantee this place is haunted for my equipment. It don't work like that, yeah. buddy. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been to places where it's it hasn't, you know, just it. there's nothing there. I ran an EVP today yeah. and was, I mean, a straight EVP, no equipment or nothing because I'm, I'm upset with this spirit right now that, that I know on a personal level and I've found out that they're haunting a family. And I found that out mm-hmm. yesterday and I'm really, really upset about it and I will take care of it. But um, just running a straight EVP with no app using at all, I was like, I need you, you know, to tell, I need to know that you're here with me. I feel them, and then they whistled. Right. I got it in that recording, just a straight recording. They whistled, and I was like, mm, okay, well, I know you're. Here. <laughs> I guess I know you're here because they would whistle. If I would irritate right. them, they would whistle when they were alive. So they did the same thing. The indices, and they haven't changed a bit. <laughs> I'm just like, really? And then when I hey, Jerry, called their name, they were Jerry, like, huh? Hey, Jerry, we got to cut Do this, short, the, uh, this off. Uh, tornado sirens are going off in my town right now. Oh, my goodness. Well, y'all be careful, and I appreciate you coming on. Um, so please get to a safe place. We will. If Okay, well, I do appreciate you coming on. I'm just going to keep talking. So y'all can go ahead and hang up. All righty. All righty. I want to tell everybody, Thank you. thanks for listening and stay haunted. Yes. <laughs> All right, Jerry. I we'll pre- talk soon. All right. Take care. Yep. Bye. Bye-bye. That, y'all, was Lost Souls in the Shadows. That was with Travis Cook and his wife, Tiffany, um, and his, his son, Taylor. So um, they had been having bad storms all night and they warned me that it was a possibility that they were going to have to get off of the air a little bit early. So, uh, yes, Steve, I agree with you. It's not, it is not a competition. Um, and you're right. People do treat it like it is a beauty contest and it's not, you know, it's the fact of people, you know, wanting to do research and wanting to know that there is, afterlife out there, you know, um, and it really goes beyond some of that too. I started taking equipment with me because I just wanted to validate what I have psychically. I wanted to be able to validate some of the things that, you know, I was feeling or, you know, like this afternoon when I was feeling the presence of this person and I'll allow them to remain nameless because some of y'all that are my family members know this person and you know, it's just like it blew my mind when I got a call about this person haunting people, a family, like to the point they won't even stay in the house. I mean, that that just blows my mind. You know, but anyway, I wanted to, I put the recorder on because I felt their presence with me. I asked them to come. I triggered them to come to me for a reason. Um, And then the recorder picking that up just with a straight 
without running necrophonics or anything, like I said, just blew my mind because I was, like, not expecting that whistle when I went back into the recording and listened to it. I was like, you are here, just as I thought, you know. And then with the... um, when when I would when I would call their name, they would their first thing they if they didn't hear me they'd go huh, and it was it was in the EVP huh you know and I'm like oh yeah so you know it's just it's weird let's see yeah I I understand David perfectly what you're saying y'all since David is on here I've I've these, I like these, you know, I like keep them by my bed because I've been, um, they just, I've just, I was really drawn to them. These are dousing rods. If y'all go like to David Flowers, uh, Williamsburg, the Manor House, and you, you go online um, and you go to the Powhatan Resort and you, you know, do your reservation, which Kim Slater, if you're on here and Liz, I thought we were going to go to that. You got to let me know when you want to go. But um, anyway, he has these there. And these are really cool. And they're like $10. They're like custom made. They're, they're kind of, they're really cool. They're very lightweight. Um, but I like them simply because of that. They're lightweight. Um, you know, so David, I'll be making my way out back out to you soon. I just, I have two people that want to go to that. Actually three. It's just a matter of getting together with them and, you know, doing that. But yeah, Steve, I understand it's, it's, it is, it's crazy, you know, with certain stuff. But yeah, when I, when I go out in the field, I like to take equipment with me just to validate, you know, what I'm feeling. Because for the longest time, when I did do like private homes and things like that, I did not, yeah, these are awesome. Um, when I went to private homes and things like that, I did not take any equipment with me. I didn't even so much as take a recorder with me. And then I was like, well, let me start taking equipment. It was actually um, when I met Ryan, Michael, and Dennis is when I started to start taking equipment with me because I wanted to really start validating what I was having, not saying that I'm wrong about anything. You know, like I said, if the spirit wants to come through, they're going to come through whether you like it or not. Um, so I just wanted that equipment to validate. And the, I mean, the other day I'd had an, a client over here and we were, I was doing a reading. This person just stepped out of, out of nowhere, you know, and, um, it was weird. And there were two other people at this appointment. It wasn't just, well, no, three, it was three of us total at this appointment that I was doing. And, we were talking to the to the person's husband's relative and like in the middle of i would say in the middle of the reading chimes came on and she was like did you hear that and i was like i did hear that but the other person that fell asleep not fell asleep but she was kind of sitting on the couch chilling out heard it too so three people heard that chime bell and i almost wish that with that particular session that i had recorded it because we would have gotten that. But, you know, when spirit steps out, it's weird because you might be doing a reading, one person may step out, and then another spirit comes and pushes that spirit out of the way and goes, no, it's my turn. Hold on, they've had their time. So that's what happens to me sometimes. But anyway, I appreciate you all tuning in. I've got to cut my conversation short on 
the air. So let me hang up with Ryan so the freaks can come on, and then I'll continue. Hey, sis, I'll continue my Facebook Live. So let me hang up real quick. Hold on. Thanks for everybody tuning in to Vibe Time. Next week it's going to be Jody Nettles from Crossroads. Tonight on the Freaking Awesome Show, we have Psychic Medium and uh, Colonel Investigator Stephanie Jill on the show. Let's rock and roll. I couldn't get my microphone to cut on there. Uh, welcome, everyone, to the freaking awesome show. I hope everyone's doing good. 
Hope everyone had a good weekend. We uh, took last week off because we were at the beach enjoying ourselves, having a nice little vacation down there. That was a lot of fun. It was good to get away for a little bit. It was uh, kind of cut short because we had, we had um, you know, we were living at Camp Hanover, and the, Angie's last day of camp was on Saturday. So we had to get the campers out, and then we had to move all of our stuff out of the house and then pack it. They had, like, stuff everywhere in, on, in here on Saturday. Then I had to, like, unpack the house at the camp, bring it back here, and re- figure out what we needed to take to the beach, go up and pack our other stuff. It was just a mess. So we ended up going down there on Sunday. But you know what? It was fun. Great weather. I had – um made the mistake of looking at the weather forecast like the week before. It was like Tuesday or something. I looked at the forecast for next week. I was like, rain all next week. Well, you know, last, you know, the week we were supposed to be at the beach. It was supposed to, it looked like it was going to rain all week. And then that tropical storm down in Florida, you know, so I'm, I'm fretting, man. I'm like, man, what am I going to do with a three-year-old at the beach house for a week you know, and, you know, but luckily it was nice weather. I actually deleted the weather out off my phone. I was like, you know what, I'm not going to sit here and, and fret and look at the weather. Because, you know, that's what I do. You know, if I, I'm the kind of person, if, if uh, I see something, the weather is bad, I'll, I'll keep looking at it, hoping it will change. You know, it usually never does. It's like when um, when you're a kid and you uh, – or you, you you want snow, and you see, oh, there's going to be snow in the forecast, and like, and it'll take a week off, and you're like super excited because there's going to be snow, and then you keep looking at, it, you keep looking at the forecast, and you like, and it, each day it changes to like a 25% chance of snow, and then oh, next day is 50% chance of snow, and then it's like mixed precipitation, and then maybe some snow, and then by the end of the week it's all rain. So I've learned if I if there's something like weather-wise, either I'm looking forward to or I don't want it to happen, the best thing to do is just like get, get rid of the whole thing and just wait and see what happens. Um, so that's my rant about the weather. I know that's super exciting. Uh, yeah, it was a good time. Um, I'm glad to be back in the original Freaking Awesome Studios. I actually thought about doing a, a live stream on here, um, but uh, I don't want to I don't want to surprise Angie with a live stream. So tonight it's just audio. I had the whole YouTube thing set up, but I'll we'll get back to doing live streams uh, in the future. Um, oh yeah, I want to say congratulations to Angie. She got a job as a school nurse at, for Hanover County. So that's that's pretty awesome. Um, I just read that uh, a coyote a guy named uh, you know if you guys didn't know is Coyote Chris Sutton. He's a he's a, a shaman, I think eternal investigator. He has uh, he has got lung cancer, so let's uh, you know say a prayer for him and you know send him healing vibes and and uh, hope he gets through through this. Uh, you know, send a prayer for everyone who has cancer and everyone who's going through through uh, rough times. People who have COVID, too many people to talk to, you know, to announce or. Uh, to name names, but just say a prayer for everyone out there who's going through some rough times right now because, you know, before you know it, you'll be going through a rough time too. So might as well just, just send some positive energy up into the air because we need it. 
the world needs as much positive energy as we can muster. Um, let me take a, tip, take a sip out of my um, Kentucky Fried Chicken cup. I got a Pepsi. Kind of watered down now, but I uh, was watching this um, this guy do a food review. He was living at Popeye's Fried Chicken um, for 24 hours. Started at 11 o'clock a.m. and it went to 11 o'clock a.m. the next day. And he was eating his fried chicken. I'm like, man, this chicken looks good. So I uh, ended up going to, you know, going to Chick to uh, I'm gonna say Chick Fil A. Ended up going to Kentucky Fried Chicken for dinner, and it was not good. I mean, it was mm, it was not the TV. Let's see, the chicken on the TV looks better than the chicken I had. The chicken was like leather. It literally was like leather. It was. Um, I don't know. I think it was one of those pieces that had been made maybe at eleven o'clock in the morning. It was just sitting in the uh, in under the heat lamp for twelve hours, and they decided to give it to me. Um, I got the Nashville hot chicken mini sandwich thing. That was pretty good. I did enjoy that, but super spicy. Um, I put some of the the chicken in the refrigerator and. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully it'll taste better later, but uh, the first piece I had, it wasn't great. Um, but you know what? It's okay. You know, I, I did enjoy my Nashville hot chicken sandwich, um, and I'm super excited to be talking to our guests tonight. You know, I'm going off about talking about fried chicken and everything. You know, as you can tell, this this show is not scripted. I'm just going like whatever pops into my head. You know, it's... Uh, so it's, if it's confusing, I apologize. Um, but yeah, we've got uh, Stephanie Joe coming on the show with us. She's actually in the queue right now. I see her see her number up here on my screen. So I'm gonna go ahead and I might just go ahead and add her to the shine on. Mm. A nice uh, Kentucky Fried Burp there. So all right, let me go ahead and put her on the show and uh, let's get this party started. Why, hello there. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? You know what? I am doing good. I am doing all right. Got my my uh, fried chicken in my belly. My leather fried chicken. <laughs> oh my god! It was like eating stuff. a chew. <laughs> I don't eat meat, so I don't know. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> There you are. I think I lost Kentucky Fried Chicken as a sponsor of the show too, so that's there, you know. <laughs> uh, it's making me want to go vegetarian. Works much but, better for me. <laughs> you know what? You know you know what? Uh, honestly, uh Angie, she worked at uh Camp Hanover, which Way before she met me, she worked out there, and she got kicked. kicked. She got bit by one of those Lone Star ticks, um, and so she she's allergic to meat. So, and when she eats it, she gets really sick. When she when oh, we wow. had RJ, yeah, yeah, and she gets violent. I mean, before like when I first met her, she couldn't even get near me. You know, she would break out hives and. And her, you know, tongue would swell up, and like certain things. I, she might. She's telling me, like, you know, you might have to like stab me in the heart with a needle because I'm not going to anaphylactic shock. I'm like, oh my god, and you know, <laughs> like, oh. So uh, when we had RJ, 
that went away. You know, the 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 allergy, the reaction went away, so she could eat meat. So, but then after she had RJ, she started, um, you know, getting the symptoms back, and she's got so she had gotten used to eating meat again. So, you know, when she eats meat now, she still gets sick, but not as sick. Um, but we're trying to add more vegetarian uh, options to our uh, to our daily lives because it's just it's getting ridiculous. Can never she eat like a, a hamburger or something? She ends up having to throw up or you know feeling really yeah. ill when she starts eating meat. So it's, there's uh, a lot it's of tough. options now. <laughs> there's there's vegan hot dogs. There's Impossible Burgers. There's Beyond chicken, like there are so many options. I had I had a vegan hot. I hope they've gotten better. Cause I had a vegan they are good. a few years ago, and I swear it tasted like someone took a took a roll of play doh, rolled it up and put it on the on the hot dog. Oh so, <laughs> no, no, they don't taste like that anymore. Not the ones okay, I get good. anyway. They they taste like an actual hot dog. <laughs> And we put it on the ground. The dog wouldn't even eat it. Like, oh, she's <laughs> yeah, like, oh, screw that. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, you having a good summer? Is everything going good? Heard you went to uh, what Lake Anna? That was, you know, how was that? Yeah, that was uh, amazing. Um, rented a boat for the week, and we just boated around and swam and. Of course, the place we were staying in was haunted, so had some experiences there. A couple of the people, like, saw some, like, guy just hanging out at the house and saw some guy outside the window, and, like, we looked out there, and there was nobody out there. So it it follows me Uh everywhere. (laughs) Man, I'd probably just shit my pants if I saw randomly looked up and saw some guy look at me through the window. Like, oh my god! <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, welcome to my life. <laughs> well, it's like you know, you do this, you do this, you go out and you're looking for stuff. But when you actually like, for me, you're a medium, so you probably see stuff all the time. But when I yeah. I go and I actually see something. It's like holy crap! It's it's it startles you, you know, because you're like I'm like you know expecting it. This time it's like, and you don't really, you know, it doesn't register in your mind what you're seeing at the time. It's like then it this happens so fast. You're like, did I really just see what I thought I saw? It's almost not really scared. It's more like confusion. Like what what was that? You know? <laughs> yeah. I always call myself the the chicken shit investigator because even though I can see them and I know they're there, they still find a way to scare me and I scream and I jump Mm -hmm. and my team is like, oh my god Steph, like you're ridiculous. Like, I know but they still catch you off guard. Well, I think when you're investigating too, you're kind of on edge already. You know, you're, you're your senses are heightened. So when you when you walk in a room and you and you see someone standing right in front of you, it's gonna scare you. Just just it's yeah. a natural thing. You're like, oh okay, not you yeah. know you, you you're expecting to see them. You're not you're not expecting to see them right then. It's like if you walk into a room and you see someone standing there, he's like a real person. You know, you didn't <laughs> yeah. know he was gonna be in there. 
I feel you. I mean, I'm right there with you. I like, you know, like I said, when I go into a house, like I was walking around the the brick house last night at the cabin by myself, and you know, I know what's there, you know, and I'm like, dude, if if if, uh, if I see someone standing in this house, you know, I'm probably gonna freak out a little bit. I'm sorry, even though I'm by myself, you know, it's just natural reaction. But it'd be, yeah. it'd be a good piece of evidence, though. It would. It it scares me. I have um I have probably well, probably now over a hundred haunted dolls that I collect and um I'm rarely ever at home by myself, but the one night it was um my husband's brother and his now wife, their bachelor and bachelorette parties and so I had gone to the bachelorette party and I decided I wasn't going to spend the night and I came home, Mm -hmm. but my husband was still with his brother. So I'm here and I'm just laying in the room and I had the door shut. So I'm like, Oh my God, I'm never by myself. Both my kids were spending the night elsewhere. So I'm laying in here and I had like dozed off and I hear like mad pounding on my door. Boom, 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 boom. Mom, mom mom and I'm like what the hell so I woke up and I'm just listening so I'm like all right if the kids came home I'll hear them moving around I'll hear them out there it's a small apartment and I hear nothing so I'm like all right so I just like covered my head and went back to sleep so I get up in the morning, and the first thing I'm doing is I'm, like, texting the girls, and I'm like, did you come home last night? And they're like, no. Like, we're still oh in God. Johnstown. And I'm like, what the actual, you know what? Mm-hmm. So I was very I thankful that I didn't open that door, because if I had opened the door and saw that no one was here and I was still alone, my ass would have been back in my car, and I would have been going back to the bachelorette party. <laughs> oh, my God. Imagine if you'd seen a doll like, standing there or some shit. <laughs> no, I know, and I've seen it in my dreams. Like, my granddaughter always talks to some of the dolls. Mm-hmm. She's only three, so she's really sensitive to that stuff. Yeah. And I don't. I can never tell which one she's talking to. So in the dream, the doll showed me herself, and I was like, oh, so you're the one that she talks to. So, like, I've seen her in my dream, but if I would have opened that door and one of those dolls would have been standing there, yeah, I would have been gone out. And this is my (laughs) life. I do this for a living, and I still would have been like, uh... nope. Yeah, I mean, just because you, you, we look for spirits what does, does not mean we don't, you know, we don't have a reaction when we actually witness them or, or see them. I was, um, when I first met Angie, I was, I was watching her daughter um, at her old house, and cause she worked overnight as a, as, a, as a nurse at the jail. And um, she had gone to bed, and uh, I was in Angie's bed. And I fell asleep. So I woke up like around five o'clock in the morning, and I I felt like someone get in bed with me, like like you know I felt the impression, and I felt someone get in bed with me, and I'm like, and I reach over, and I literally found it. There was nobody there. 
I'm like, oh shit. Because then my heart, and then I was like, I'm not opening my eyes. I'm like, I'm just going like, to go to the thing where you pull your cover over your head. I'm like, I'm not looking, I'm not looking, I'm not looking. I'm not looking. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh my God, scared the crap out of me. I just said, it's going to go away. It's fine, you know. And uh, then Angie came home like a couple hours later. I'm like, well, we had a visitor last night. <laughs> Gotta love it. Yeah, my heart was pounding. Oh, man. So how did you? Uh, how did you? When did you realize that you had, um, you know, these gifts? Uh, ever since I was little, I was probably like one and a half, and I started seeing people that nobody else could see. Um. And then they just stuck with me, like, all through my childhood and through my life. Um, used to be really scary when I was a kid because I was the only one that slept on the second floor of the house I grew up in. And they would like to congregate around my bed at night. And I used to sleep with my head under the covers, and I would surround myself with stuffed animals because that was, like, a protection for me. Uh, and if I had to, like, get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, I literally would, like, go to the top of the stairs and just jump. And my mom would know I was coming down because she'd hear the thump. And then I'd go to the bathroom, and then I would run in and harass her, like, there's people in my room, I don't want to go to bed, I'm scared. And she would march my butt back up the steps and like Steph there's nothing here there's no one here and she I would go back to bed and sometimes I'd get lucky and she would let me like sleep with her but most of the time I was just laying in my bed hiding from I didn't know what they wanted I didn't know why they were around me and some of them weren't nice some of them didn't look nice it looked like maybe they showed themselves how they had passed like some would show and they would be all bloody and like beat up looking you know it was not fun i must have been crazy as a kid that must have been so hard to deal with when i was when i was little man my mom got me a book the ghost of richmond and i wouldn't even sleep with that book in my room uh, because i was scared the spirits (laughs) would come out jump out the book and get me i kept that that shit in the basement of my of the house and and I left, I slept with the lights on, well, the hall, the door open, and so hall light would come into my room. I can't imagine, like, having to deal with that, you know. Was it, like, every night you saw stuff, or was it, like, was there, was there a certain no. time that they would show up? It was every night. Sometimes it was during the day. And that was, you know, I grew up in the late 70s and 80s, so... You know, paranormal investigating, me like all of that stuff. You know, nobody knew about that stuff, or at least I didn't. You know, it wasn't yeah. as mainstream as it is now. So, you know, nobody really understood what I was going through when they thought I just had like imaginary friends. And it's like, no, they're actually here. I just don't know why, and I don't know what they want from me. But. I figured that out over the years when I I tried to just close it off, but things just kept finding me, you know, in the military and, um, you know, in my barracks and there's 
girls and they're like, oh, you know, we do automatic writing and, you know, what about this and that? And I'm like, this stuff just, I can't escape it. And I finally was like, you know what? I prayed to God and I was like, listen, you know, I've been seeing things and just knowing things that there's no reason I should know my whole life. You know, what do you want me to do with this? Like, if there's something I should be doing, then please guide me because, you know, I'm ready. And I had just recently started uh, a paranormal team at that time. Um, I had, you know, met some people who did investigating and they were like, hey, you know, you should come with us. And Mm -hmm. um, I went on a few investigations with them just, you know, messing around. And I was like, yeah, this is totally what I need to be doing. And I started my team and the night after I prayed, I got an email from this couple um, who were having a bunch of issues in the apartment they were living in. And so my team and I actually went there. It was like one or two o'clock in the morning. Like this family was so freaked out um, that they just couldn't wait. So we went there um, and they had a lot of activity going on and, what I had found out through talking to the spirits was that um, the husband had worked um, for the coal mine and they had shut down and he didn't know how he was going to provide for his family and like lost it. So he brought a gun in and he killed his wife and his two children who were still trapped in the apartment with him. And um, they were still hiding from him, which we figured out through the investigation. And then I told the couple, you know, what had happened. I crossed over the spirits, you know. It's kind of like counseling with spirits sometimes because you have to kind of guide them and and resolve the situation uh, and let them know that, like, it's different in heaven and, you know, you're staying here living this nightmare, but you could all go to heaven together, be over. And then those people were like, well, shouldn't they have disclosed that to me? So they went and they asked the owner of the building, um, and he confirmed um, what I had told them had actually happened. So that was, like, my validation. And I was like, so I'm, like, the information I'm getting is accurate. Um, and then it just spiraled from there. We started doing all kinds of ghost hunts and, um, you know, events and things. And then I started doing the readings and just traveling all over the country and doing readings for events and investigations and kind of all just came into place. But wow. it pretty awesome. So, yeah. It sounds like you've had a, quite a quite a journey. Um, must feel good to you know go from what you're dealing with as a kid to what you're doing now, like almost validation type of thing. Like, hey, you know, this is this is real. You know, and I'm not finally able to understand why these people were were. Have you ever been Have you ever been visited by the spirits again? Like, like you were seen as a kid. Has anyone ever come back to you? And, um. Look for help, no. or is anyone stuck with you? 
Um, nobody, no spirits that I saw when I was little. I just got chills when you asked me that, though. But um, I haven't Sorry. seen any. I I used to have this recurring dream, um, and it was actually really scary. And my sister um, just told me recently that she had had dreams about the same entity. But when I was a child, I had this recurring dream, and um, I was always um, looking out my window, and this car would drive through my alley, and there was this, like, kind of like the face kind of looked like the scream character but this was way before mm-hmm. scream um and i had this dream like childhood and then one one day i had it and the dream was reversed it was me driving by in the car looking up at it looking out my bedroom window and i was like oh my god and then just recently, probably about a month ago, I had a dream, and I saw that entity, only it wasn't the same. I was still in my childhood home, and I was I was still looking out the window, but this entity was sitting. There was an old woman that lived across the alley from us who was actually really mean, but um, the entity was, like, sitting in her yard. And I was like, oh, God, like, it's back. (laughs) Like, I haven't seen this thing since I was probably, like, 12 years old. But other than that, no, nothing's ever come back. And I still don't know what what that entity is or why the dreams and why it just resurfaced. But you were talking earlier about that couple who messaged, who were talking to you about the the, the father who killed – his family, when you walk into a house, is, is, are they, are, is there, do you see them fighting, fighting like him yelling at the kids or, or is the kid, are the kids in one part of the house and he's in the other look, looking for them? Is it a constant like cat and mouse game with them or how um, do you describe it, what you see? It was in that case, the children were hiding in a closet still. Um, and the husband, he was the one causing all the problems, all the haunting issues for this mm-hmm. family. Um, the children were still hiding from him, and the the wife was in the same like place, but she was staying away from him. So it was really weird because, like, when I was walking through, like, I would get, like, almost like a movie reel playing in my head yeah and I could see what was happening and I would ask him questions about it or I would talk to the wife or I would talk to the kids and we would get EVPs like answering us and validating like what I was saying and then I basically had to you know let the kids know and let her know that like this this happened it's over you're dead and like you guys need to get out of this and I had to like bring the husband and wife back together and then once that happened the kids were like okay we're safe and they all reunited and then they all crossed over together and that family never had another issue in that house so it's it's kind of crazy you know, how spirits still 
if they died that way, they still live in that fear and how they can be in the same place and still be hiding from each other. You know, that was really weird to me, but. Were they, like, stuck in a time loop? Like, think, did they have any idea of the passage of time had gone by, or were they still stuck in that moment? I guess they're, but did yeah. they realize that, hey, there's other stuff going on around us? Um, I think they were starting to, and, and I think that's what all the haunting was about for that the family that actually lived there. Um, yeah. You know, because then there's activity in there, and there's things going on, and they're like, wait. Like, this isn't our house, but we're still here. You know, they they didn't really talk about, you know, this had been a long time, too. So these yeah. spirits have been there for a really long time. But, yeah, I went, to Ona, went, went on an investigation out in Palatan, Virginia, and uh, it was an old plantation house. And we were, we were, we had set up, um, uh, recorder in the, like the foyer, main foyer area. You walk in the front door. There's like a little like fireplace there. We set the recorder on top of the mantle. We got outside for uh, like a smoke break after one of our um, one of our EVP sessions. And uh, when the house was built, the driveway went uh, like beside the house, and the front of the house was just the yard, the lawn. And but at time when we were there they moved the driver to the front of the house this long driver comes in front of the house so we were standing on the driveway we get an evp of a um of a voice saying actually it was on it was on video we had a video camera set up we had an evp of a voice saying get off my lawn <laughs> because they're looking at us yeah. on the on the grass on the seat so they saw the grass they could, yep. they could still see it as it was even though it yeah. changed, but they could still see us. There. Yep. You know, it's and weird they how do, what they can see certain things. Yeah. And they'll <laughs> show me that, like, I was recently, we stopped at this antique store, um, and uh, we were looking around, and it was super, super haunted. And, um, you know, I was picking up on all this stuff, and so I started talking to the the owner, and she's like, oh, yeah, it's haunted. And so I was, like, telling her what I was picking up on. And um, they started, the spirits there started showing me what it looked like before. So they showed me that there was, like, this barn and that, you know, all the stuff that had changed. So I started telling her, like, well, there used to be a barn and this used to be here and you know, I started telling her what they were showing me, and she was like, yeah, that's exactly what it looked like. And it's crazy because she's looking at me like, how could you possibly know that? But, <laughs> but at the same time, she's like, I know, you know, she knew. I told her I was yeah. a medium, so she was kind of like, well, you need to come here and, like, hang out with me for a day and tell me more. But it's cool because they, things as they were, and that's why a lot of hauntings happen because if a spirit ends up staying with their property or their land and somebody comes in who's living and starts changing those things, they get very upset about that sometimes. So that, you know, I've had a lot of cases yeah. where that was a problem. The spirit felt like that was their place 
and they didn't like what the people were doing to it. Yeah, that they don't they don't like like change, and they've been they've been there for for the longest time. They're like, I like the way things are, and it's like when you see yep. spirits walking through walls that used to there used to be a door there or something. You know, they yep. they're still living their lives. You know, or it's living. I guess not really living their lives. It's not the right way to say it, but they're still going about their business the way they saw things. Yeah. And you don't want they don't want you to change stuff up. You know, like you know. I like it the way it is. I'm going to put a stop to this. I'm, you know, I'm still yeah, here. They, they do. And I've heard a lot of stories about, you know, like there was this house in Bellwood and um, they were trying to remodel it. Um, and I wanted to get in there and investigate so bad, but um, they had workers in there who were, you know, starting their remodel but all the workers kept leaving because, like, they said they were getting harassed by the spirits and too much weird stuff was happening. So they couldn't get anyone to do the work on it because the spirits wouldn't let them. They were just harassing them to the point where these people would just walk out and not work on the house. So they, they yeah, can I, I, get I, that. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard I've heard stories about that about workers. Of course, you hear you know it, they'll stop working because they'll see a spirit, and uh, you know that that's definitely I've definitely heard that before. Yeah, they still so, some uh, of them are pretty powerful. I mean, it's uh, it's crazy how, how some people like we were. Um, my friend Dennis was. Uh, was re- helping to, I guess, it's not really remodel, but renovate the, the, the brick rancher next door to the cabin. It had been uh, kind of in disrepair, and um, there was, was going to be an insurance uh, agency moving in, so, you know, we hired him to do some work on it, and he saw it come a couple of times that he was in there working, and you hear, like, footsteps, and he's, he's had a few things, um, you know, like a, a few tools go missing and show up in a, in a, in a different spot or, or whatever. Um, I'm not sure if they're trying to stop him from getting the work done because they really didn't, you know, stop him. But uh, I definitely messed mess with him a little bit while he was out yeah. there. Well, some of them like to do that too. <laughs> yeah, play, play, you know, be a little mischievous. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> So what 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 do you think has been your like your scariest you felt during an investigation? Um. Well, there's a, there's been a few. Um, well, there's been a lot, but the ones that really stand out to me. Um, I was at um, Devil's Gate in uh, Pasadena, California, and we were doing an investigation and um, there's a, it's called suicide bridge because so many people have like jumped off the bridge and committed suicide. And I'm walking through there and all of a sudden, like my body just started to like contort, like bend backwards and like 
one of the spirits that had died and jumped off the bridge must have gotten kind of like folded because they were trying to like fold me and mm-hmm. um, my Im- fellow investigators like Adam was just like looked at me and he's like oh my god and he like grabbed me and I was like oh my god thank you like I could not stop that and um, then we were the same night um, everybody else had gone up the path and I was still down there talking to the spirits and I look up on the path and I see like someone and I'm like oh they're coming back to get me so I start walking towards this person and I see Adam coming down the path and he walks right through her and I was like wait I'm like Adam like didn't you see her and he's like what are you talking about and I was like holy shit get me out of here Like, there was literally, like, a girl standing there, and I saw her as if she was, like, a live person. And then um, we went to the old sanitarium at the California University, Um, and we were standing in there, and um, the people who took me, they wanted to, like, test my abilities to see if I could tell them, you know, Mm -hmm. things they already knew. So I'm going through and I'm telling them things and they're like, yeah, yeah, that happened, that happened. Meanwhile, like, doors are slamming and, like, we're hearing, like, footsteps and voices. And so we're standing in this hallway and we hear this door slam, boom, behind us. And I turn around and when I turned back, there was this freaking girl. She was in, like, a white gown, long like messed up hair and she's on Mm -hmm. her hands and her feet crawling down the hallway towards us i it's like a horror movie this sounds like one of the straight up like the ring horror movie type things oh my god it was it was i screamed and jumped and the girl next to me saw it too and she at the same time like screamed and like jump back and we looked at each other and I was like did you see that and she's like the girl and I knew she saw it and I was like oh my god and that was definitely um, one of the scariest moments and then um, we had a really odd we went to do next kind of like across the road and down a little bit from that old asylum Um, there's a place called Scary Dairy and mm-hmm. uh, the police and stuff recommend you don't go back there because there's a lot of drug users and, like, people have been killed back there. Um, so we went back there, of course, to investigate. Oh, yeah, of course. And, um, we're back there and a lot of crazy shit's happening. And um, we're coming back and our friend Adam is like, I feel like something's attached to me. He's like, I don't know what to do. So we, like... I, like, put my hands on him, and I, you know, cleared it away from him, and he's like, okay, I feel better. So we start walking to the cars, and we see this, like, flashlight, and we're like, oh, no. So we get to the cars, and there's a police officer. And so he's like, and there are eight of us, 
So there are eight witnesses to this night. So this officer, he's like, can I have your license? So he took our driver's license, held them in his hand, never went back to his car, never ran anything, just stood there and talked to us, told us about how many people die there, how dangerous it is, how many, like, bodies they've pulled out of there, that we shouldn't be back there, handed us our licenses back, got in his car, pulled out, and, like, the little lot we were parked in, you could only turn right to go out of the campus or turn left, and you could see, you know, like, a quarter mile down each way. Yeah. So he pulls out of that little parking lot, starts to go back towards the campus, and the car just fucking disappears. Excuse my language but it disappears. And we're like, there is no way that cop car could just disappear. And there were eight of us. And to this day, we all still talk about it. And we're like, that, I mean, police cars don't just vanish. Yeah. No. But he held our I licenses. I mean, cars in general don't just vanish. Yeah. yeah he physically yeah. held our licenses in his hand but he wasn't actually there. So we even went as far as, like, does anybody remember his badge number? Did anybody see, like, the license plate on his car? And we did some research to see if an officer had died, you know, on duty or anything in that area. And, you know, we could not find anything. But to this day, that still freaks us out. And that's probably the craziest and just, I, I still can't wrap my head around it. Like, he physically held our licenses, and then the car just... That is such an awesome shared experience, though. A lot of times when, you, you know, since you're a medium, you know, it's like you'll see things, but the other people around you won't see, see, see the same thing you're seeing. But the fact yeah. that you all saw it, you know, it wasn't know. like you were sitting there I'm, talking, I'm you're talking to air... And everyone yeah. else is looking at it. What the hell are you, who the hell are you talking to? Everyone yeah, thought, no, you know. Nobody would, believe, and, nobody would believe me if it was just me. Well, I mean, a lot of people, my, 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 you know, my people would believe yeah. me. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, holy shit, like, who's going to believe that? And I'm so grateful that, like, it was all of us because you could ask any one of us at any time and we will tell you the exact same story and be just as freaked out. Like, we still have no explanation, and we still talk about it to this day, and that was, like, what, seven years ago, and we still have no idea what that so was. When you, so when you walk into, like, uh, like a sanitarium, like you're, you're at um, with your friends, do you see, like, is it, like, is only the spirits who choose to show themselves to you, or do you see, like, you look into a random room, you'll see a, a person standing there. You see a people, like, all around you, or is it just, like, the people, like the like the girl you saw on on her, you know, calling thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because she chose to show herself to you, or do you automatically yeah. see people? She definitely chose to show herself that night. Um, sometimes I see them and sometimes 
they don't want me to see them, especially if there's like a negative energy in a place or evil. Um, they typically will stay away from me because they know I can get rid of them. So they don't like to show mm-hmm. themselves. They'll kind of like hide out in the shadows and I'll know they're there. And, you know, I kind of have to, you know, find them and be like, all right, I know you're here. Like, you're not going to do this. But other spirits, mostly, some will, like, kind of check me out for a little bit before they'll show themselves to me, especially kids. Kids' spirits are usually a little more leery about showing Mm -hmm. themselves. But, um, you know, it just depends on the spirit. Some, I walk in, and they immediately are like, she can help me. Hey, what's up? Yeah. Yeah, they're just, like, immediately around me. And other times it's kind of like, you know, hide and seek, like I have to find them. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been like to with, a, with another medium where, you know, the medium will see a spirit, but you won't see it, but then you'll see someone and they won't see it? Can they show themselves to certain people? Um, they absolutely can. I mean, I've I've been with other people who are like sensitive to things. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't really been around another medium like when I'm doing stuff like that but definitely like people who are sensitive and they'll be like oh my gosh there's like someone there you know but it's the same thing with like EVPs you know if you take eight people into the same building everybody's going to have different EVPs on their recorders yeah some like we were doing that sanatorium in Crescent and My mom went into a cell block, and she was doing EVP session, and she had spirits talking to her like crazy. She had constant EVPs. Right after she was in there, I went in, and nothing. (laughs) So it just depends. Some, you know, just Mm -hmm. like with showing themselves, some spirits choose certain people, and my mom you know, isn't sent. She doesn't have any gifts, but as she's investigated with us over the years, she has started to like pick up on little things here and there. So like she's starting to like hear things or she'll see something and she'll be like, Oh my God, is there someone there? You know? So it's weird that it's kind of like opened that up in her, but. So, so your mom is investigating with you. Have you ever talked yeah. to her about like what has what happened when you were a kid? And like, okay, so you know, you said there was nothing in my room. Well, how do you feel now? Have you ever talked to her about yeah. that? And, you know, yeah, she she feels so bad because I've I've taken her. You know, she's investigated with me and she's gone on readings with me, so she sees that you know it's real, and she's mm-hmm. just like, I'm so sorry. She's like, if I had any idea that it was real, you know, things would have been a lot different. But, I mean, how was she supposed to know? Exactly. You know? I mean, to be fair, there's no way to know. You, you, you got, you know, they course have a show with, like, Unsolved Mysteries, and I guess they had uh, That's Incredible or whatever shows they had. But that was just Hollywood stuff. You don't really think, hey, this is this is real, you know, this stuff actually, yeah. actually, actually exists. You no, know? especially so. not then. I mean. I couldn't even talk yeah. to my friends 
about it. I, you know, I couldn't tell anybody. And, you know, my sister had similar experiences. Like, she saw spirits in that house, you know, and she was sensitive. But, I mean, I didn't even tell her everything that I was going through because she was afraid of the old people in her room. What was she going to do if I told her? There's, like, you know, demons. Like, there's negative shit in my bedroom every night, like, scary stuff. Like, I wasn't going to put that on her. Yeah, people can be so judgmental. And, you know, if you say, hey, I I see, especially I know when I was, because we're about the same age, if I had said, to my friends when I was in second or third grade, yeah, there's a girl who comes to me every night and her face is disfigured. You know, they would think, you know, I'm freaking crazy. Yeah. You know? And yeah. And like, oh, that's the oh, there goes Ryan. He's the guy who sees things. You know, he's just yeah. stay away from him. You know, it's it's to walk on the other side of the hall when he comes walking by. So you know, yeah, it's. Like, what can you do? It's the good thing about uh, social media and, you know, being able to talk to people, like-minded individuals on Facebook or Twitter and or Instagram. Yeah. You know, you don't feel so crazy when you have these experiences. And, it's you know, maybe if there's a child out there who's going through, through, through the same thing you went through, you know, being able to watch Ghost, or ghost Adventures or I'm um, you know, all these haunted shows, they'd be like, hey, this is stuff is really happening. I'm not crazy. Right. And I can even, I can easily get to find someone who can help me out. Yeah. And even with all those shows, I find a lot of people that I've had to help, you know, to just validate things for them. Like, they were afraid to come to me because they thought people were going to think they were crazy. You know, and I was able to, like, validate the things that were happening to them. And, you know, it's even though it's so mainstream now, you know, a lot of people still struggle with yeah. the reality of it. Like, yeah, there's still always that question. Like, is it real? And it is. But, you know, it's more acceptable now. It wasn't then. I went to sleep over at my friend's house in seventh grade and this always cracked me up her mom was working and uh we decided to have a seance and we didn't have she didn't have any candles or anything so we used this like little strobe light thing so we sat around the strobe light and there's a place called baker mansion in altoona and supposedly there's this you know, woman that haunts it. So we were trying to like call her and nothing happened during the seance. So we went to bed and Allison woke up in the middle of the night and she's like freaking out. There is a shadow on the wall of this woman in period clothes of the, like the lady that we were calling. She's got the dress, the bond, like everything. And she's, like, smacking me, and I look up, and I'm like, oh, my God. So we start screaming. Her mom comes running in, sees it, grabs us, takes us downstairs. We had to sleep in the living room. And then I got up the next day and went home, and I was never allowed to 
spend the night or hang out with her again. <laughs> and I was like, but I didn't, like, I didn't know I could do that. Like, I wasn't, yeah. you know, we were just kids. You know, yeah, we didn't you, don't, know. you don't think, well, this is actually going to work. You know, it's oh, like when, yeah, when it my works. sister got, my sister got a Ouija board for Christmas and when she was like really little and my parents were like, Oh, it's just, Oh, talk to spirits or oh, whatever. And you know, you, you, you use it and like, who's the coolest person in the room? And you always move it, try to move it R Y A and try to make it spell, spell, um, so, you know, I didn't think anything of it. You know, nothing happened. You know, I never, yeah. but never expected anything to happen either. You know, I'm like, oh, this is bullshit. If I had known that maybe I could actually talk to spirits with the thing, I probably would have left it alone. You know, or if I'd opened up a portal or whatever, I would, like I said, I would have left it alone, but didn't really take it seriously. I didn't really, yeah. you know, ask That's hard-hitting questions. You know, but you know what? We are about out of time here. Um uh, yeah, went by this hour went by super duper fast. Uh, there's definitely a lot more questions I could ask you. Uh, I'd love to have you back on sometime. Sure, absolutely. Perfect. If if you want to let people know how they can get in touch with you, do you still have your radio show, uh, Voices Carry no, Radio uh, Show? I'm on. I'm on. Um, just on Facebook, and uh, I have a. Psychic medium Stephanie Joe page on there, and um, my email is psychic Steffi S T E P H I E at gmail dot com, and I currently do um, readings, group readings, um, home cleansing. If people are having you know issues with paranormal, I come and check it out. You know, all spiritual guidance. I I do classes for people who have gifts and don't really know what they are or how to use them. Um, So lots of ways to find me. Perfect. Well, uh, again, I thank you so much for coming on the show with me tonight and chatting with me for a little bit. We'll have to get you down here to the cabin because I really love to to have you do a walkthrough. Uh, especially in oh, the brick house to see what you, see what you pick up on and stuff because uh, there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, I'd love to have you out there and you come check it out. So we'll we'll set something up here soon. Okay. That sounds great. Thank you so much All for right. having me on. Oh no problem. You have a great night. We'll talk to you soon. All right. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, that was fun. Um, don't forget, next week we've got Supernatural News coming at you live on the Freaking Awesome Show. Same Freaking Awesome time, same Freaking Awesome channel. Good night. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.